I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is as creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right, Buck Swope. Buck Swope, who Doug really is not comfortable yeah. with Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business, for my money. Buck Swope? Buck Swope asked Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah! <laughs> I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is struck. I'm pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's gonna have it. Why? I don't know, I just know he does. The wonderful Buck Swope. You know Buck Swope? Well, yeah. Seem to have kind of an issue with Buck Swope. Right, it always goes back to Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Mr. Buck T. Swope. What's up, kids? You're listening to Swope's Picks, episode 35. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. A little later, we'll be joined by Doug Vaughn. But right now, let's flash back to October 2018. Well, get on with it, muff. Get on with it, muff. Well, get on with it, muff. Seriously, you think I'm going to be any good to you? I don't think so. Not after Brendan Gallagher scored the game winner with nine seconds remaining in the Canadians. 3-2 win over the Blues. They're now 1-3-2, and two, and the last time they only had four points after six games was the 2006 season, uh, which ended with a Stanley Cup. Doug, no. Oh, it actually, they won. They had 57 points. No, they didn't win the cup that year. 57 points. I was looking at the... Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to just lie down and say, all right, the season's over. I'm not going to just give up, fold the tent. Not me. Hey, if we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Long way to go, fellas. About 74 games left. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to raise the white flag. Maybe the rest of you are. The last time a team had... Fewer than four points after six games. You have to go back to the 1977-78 campaign. That squad started 0-6 and finished with 53 points, but also won the chalice. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Uh, Doug, uh, the Blues fire Mike Yo, indeed. Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. Uh, Had to do something. Uh, They're just uh, a train wreck right now. Shut out three of the last four games. They had to do something. They lost to the worst team in the league at home, a kid. Of course, his first NHL goal in that, and the goaltender in his third NHL start shuts him out. And the thing I is, noticed a lot of empty seats last night. That's a bad thing too. They, they've got a lot of guys who just don't haven't performed a lick. Don't say just lick. A lick. Don't I say said. A lick. I said they haven't performed lick, a lick. Lick, lickety lick, lick. They, they're just not That's doing. Why I mean, say lick on this they got show. everything right. they wanted and more out of Ryan O'Reilly. You can't ask for anything more from him. They're going to have to go on a. A tear the likes of which we haven't seen in a while to, to become a playoff team. Well, the now. schedule lightens up Mm-mm. with no, Mm-mm. no. I mean, they're going to have to win fifteen out of twenty or something to get to get back in the mix. I think. And I still believe that this is a roster that has a ton of talent, even with the injuries that they've dealt with along the way. They should be much better than where they are right now, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they don't have much of a physical presence at all. I mean, at all. And in hockey, that's a big deal. The Jake Allen era is over. You may not, it may not be fully on him, but he's not the guy. You might as well just try something new and shake it up. Like you said, you have to win 15 to 20 to be in contention. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah, maybe not. So you got to think about the future, and I think you got to get these guys in line. I think trading some of their friends, some of their buddies on the team would, would shake it up. It is disappointing that we're, you know, we're not quite to Thanksgiving, and it looks like the season's hopeless already. They would have to really go on a tear here to get back in it. Well, it'll be interesting you know, to see what uh, Baruby what what, what Baruby can shake. shake yeah, out if he can shake things team. up just a little bit. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. I think the hope was that a move at the top would light a fire under these guys. I, I don't think they're receptive to fires. 
I don't know whether they're going to get out of this funk. I, I just. It's a really bad situation, too. It's one thing. Right now, they're tied with the Kings for the worst record in the in the entire league. Worst it's, record in the entire league. Yeah. This was a 30 team. 30th. 30th. That, for 30th. that the, the, the folks throughout the summer and into the fall were. I mean, I'm talking about diehard cats. Yeah. I'm talking about season ticket holders for a long time. We're saying. Hey, this this team's got something now. It, but it, it's one thing to be right at the bottom if you're going through a rebuild. If you had some big years, we're supposed to be good. And your players got old. You lost some to free agency. You know, kind of what the Blackhawks have gone through. That's one thing. It's another if you're. And I believe the Blues have like the second highest payroll in the league. It's pretty high. And when and when you really thought that you had put together the team to make a legitimate run, and you're the worst team in the league, that's a real problem. You have to look at Armstrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, Stillman is not, I don't think it's a secret that he's not making any money. He's losing money. And you have a general manager that goes out and gets you a roster that puts you second in the league in payroll, and you're not going to make the playoffs again. But but here, and I agree that scrutiny should at the end of the season because it all stops at Armstrong's door. I get that. But what I'm saying is, early on, if you build a roster that everyone thinks is a good roster, you, yes, me, Yes, at the beginning of the season, the, the, the everyone hearts. everyone thought it was a good roster. Yeah, you could but, say there there were some areas of weakness, but everyone thought this was a playoff team. Everybody. Okay. So my point not, is, so my, well, look, hear me fault? out. My my point is, early on, you try to straighten that out. All eyes are not on Doug Armstrong at that point. He was being for getting maroon in here. He was he was being and getting O'Reilly. How's that He was getting out? praised. Well, hold on, because you're 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 Mr. Hindsight. I already gave you at the end of the well, year. Well, I'm hindsight now because you year, wait until to see at, what these moves the do, the year, and then well, you say it didn't work. So whose fault is at it? At the end of the year, you do that, but you. That's try what I to, said. You try to, and I agreed with you. So now you're coming back. Well, they're not winning, Cat. Now at the end, you go. Now we should have seen this coming. Why didn't we? And if you and that and that's when Armstrong has to do his explaining, or maybe sooner. But at, at some point, you try to salvage the season early on, and they did by firing the head coach. They this, tried. The, this, the salvaging the season is almost done. You you have a couple more weeks. I just said of, after they tried. Games, no, I'm not. They not, tried. I, I, I'm saying like you should start to turn the roster over sooner rather well, than later. It, I, I think you have to show the fan base. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. It's hard to understand how you could play so well against the very best teams in the league. And then just have nothing when you play against some of the lesser teams. I mean, just just get blown off the ice at home. And now they brought they brought up a, another goalie. I don't know what they're going to do with, with him. They're going to have three. Does that mean that's the end of Chad Johnson? Jordan Bennington, I think, is his name. Yeah. So is, has Johnson played his last? Are they going to give Bennington a, a chance to actually play? You also have Daddy Padre. Yeah. You notice how they brought up Bennington and not Padre. I feel like that's a miss. That was a con- contractual issue. Even though the cost involved in bringing someone up from San Antonio, flying <laughs> him up here, they went ahead and did that instead of call the guy out of Section 312, 319, wherever the hell he sits. Did you see this coming? This type of season? I don't, know, I don't think hell anybody did. Hell no. I mean, there were, there were one game out of the postseason last year, and they certainly on paper got better this past summer. But you would, you would yeah, think. You thought, we thought they got better, but they didn't. They got a lot worse. People still have... You know, I hope for Tarasenko, you can trade him and get value. There's still players you can get value for, but, I mean, you just got to regroup because beating a great team and then losing 6-1 and losing to, you know, the butt-asses of the league, that's probably going to continue all year. You're not going to make the playoffs. You might as well get something for your 
quote unquote assets. What would you have to do to make the playoffs? You'd have to go on an unbelievable run. They got that's about not think, very likely. I think they have about fifty-four or fifty-five games to play. You'd, you'd probably have to win about thirty-five of those. Last to get, year to get to mid ninety. That's points. what I'm saying. La- or excuse me, last week we we do the playoff percentages every week, and it was something like seven percent or eight percent or nine percent. And that's after now they've they've went one and one over the weekend. You're probably not going to make the playoffs. It actually benefits you to get better draft picks. So just figure it out for the 2019-2020 season. I actually don't think they're as bad as their start this year, but it's about to become a lost season because their start has been so awful. Doug, uh, you wanted to hear from Tony. He's on the appliances right. kind of phone line. Hello, Tony. Hello, Tone. I think a thing that they didn't ever address in the offseason was the goaltending, obviously. Jake has the ability to be incredible, but he also has the ability to just completely fall asleep at any period of time where he lets a game go, and then his team of course, goes insane in front of him because he's not stopping pucks that he should. And they all know he has the ability to, you know, completely win a game or a series like he did against Minnesota a couple years ago. So I just think that they haven't really addressed the correct problems. Maybe they can't or maybe they don't know how to, but this is something that a GM needs to fix. I mean, you could bring any coach in you want, um, but if you don't fix the problem, it doesn't matter if you have Coach Q or, or, you know, whoever. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. <clears throat> Tim asked Charlie how he feels about being an Internet sensation with his video of Bortz and Sanny scrapping. Thanks, Daddy Padres uh, involved. You know, he was probably mm. there skating around when that took place. All the hockey, Canadian media, everybody was calling for this video. It got just ridiculous amounts of, of hits online. And our web guy at Fox 2 even said, it was like the top trending story in North America for a couple hours. Is that right? Which is, but these guys used to fight each other all the time in preseason. Remember the the days when the the young enforcers would fight every practice. There'd be a fight. They they don't do that anymore. So it is unusual that a team would fight in practice during the season. You have to really be struggling for that to happen. I think when they lift the chalice in June, we'll remember the fight in December. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Uh, yeah, I would just say this. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. That's your feeling. But, yeah, they won five out of seven. But they, yet, just need, they need to do this. They need to continue to play like this for about a month straight. And then I think they'd probably be in the picture there for one of the playoff spots. It would be a, an incredible thing to follow. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Stats are misleading. They were a victim of bad puck luck. That 6-1 to one game could have been 7-6 us if just a couple pucks had bounced the other way. You just would, you would like, when they lose, you would like them not to lose 7 to nothing and 6-1. Look, one. and I'm a rights holder, and I, I still think there's enough time for the Blues to put a run together. But you will admit, if you're a team that can't win three in a row, it's going to be difficult to dig out of this hole. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt it's going to be difficult to do it. No doubt about that. Do people actually think Opinion. that that's a thing? If like we can just get playoffs? hot, we can win this baby. <laughs> Way better to be realistic than. No, it's better to have hope. Expectations. No, you, no it's this? better to have hope. How about this? If you're a fan, and you want to be optimistic, be optimistic. It's not. Out of, it's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> no, it doesn't look good because, as I just laid out there, they're having trouble stringing wins together, which they're going to have to do at some point. But if fans want to think, all right, there's plenty of time left. They have games in hand against the teams they're they're chasing. Maybe miraculously they can pull it together. Half a season still to play. Yeah, 
Doug, what do you think right now, according to HockeyReference.com, what do you think the Blues' playoff chances are? Uh, 10%. I'm going to say... Guesses, everyone? 11%. I'll say 15 12%. And that's where I'm as optimistic as a person and as positive for the new year, for the new years. Just, just leave the S off. I just feel like with the Blues, though, you have to go on this ridiculous run to make the eighth spot. I think you can work toward the future while not dismantling this team. They have enough talent here. Don't you think? I, I mean, I don't know if they do or not. I do. Maybe they do. On, on paper, it looks okay, but on ice, it's, it doesn't look like they have well, the I mean, talent. They're, to they're be having a an awful team. season. There's no question. I still think they have talent. I think the talent that people thought was there is still there for whatever reason. It's not gelling on the ice. So you can go ahead and make moves and change the direction of the team without crippling them. That's my point. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. The Blues came back and won themselves a Jim Dandy. When they play like that, you can't help but wonder, why are they a last place team? They're not anymore. How, how, well, in, this, in the division, they are. But wild card Sunday charge. I don't know. And they got games in hand, Tim. Games in hand like the Dickens. They really do. Some teams, they have like four or five games in hand. It's crazy. So if they could, actually, if they really could win four or five in a row, they'd be on the periphery, actually. Plowhawk just laughed. Plowhawk just laughed at you. The reason I laugh is because we said this probably five or six different occasions to where they beat a superior team yeah. and you dominate them. It's happened and all season. And you think this isn't the turnaround. There is, I think we need to get to a point there is really no turnaround this season. You're going to lay an egg against the Vancouver's, the Columbus's of the world, and you're going to go back to square one. They're going to get a couple wins in a row against a playoff team. Then you're going to you know, say, hey, this might be the turnaround. Then you lay an egg in a couple more games. That's kind of been this whole story of the season. And they're laying- That's why I laugh. I'm not saying they're not talented. I just I, I haven't seen them be able to put a run together well, of more they, than they two or three games. They haven't yet won three games yeah, in like a row. That, They've had four tough. opportunities to get a three-game winning Hard streak. Hard to say in January that it's going to happen now. And when they lay an egg, they lay giant ostrich eggs. I mean, they lose six to one and I mean, seven just, to one, and they're not even in the game. It's embarrassing, yes. So it's hard for me to say that this is a turnaround. They certainly have the talent. They played it really well last night, but I just don't see that run. And you need a run to get in the playoffs. They're probably going to need to win about 26 or 27 of the remaining games to get into the mid-90s. Realistically, I don't know if that's good. Yeah, it would, it would be a, a comeback of biblical proportions. But it, it's there somewhere. <laughs> when you see them play against the best and they, they outplay them badly, you know it's there. You just wonder why they are so inconsistent. So if the Blues made the playoffs, that would be added to the Bible? Probably would be. What would they say in the Bible? I, I don't know. Thou shalt be a sweep? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to be accused of blasphemy. Well, you said biblical proportion. Well, yeah, it would be. I think that like might plague, be overstating plague it a little. Locust hey, look, like Steen that. got a goal. I don't think we have to write a psalm no, about that. No, it would take uh, it would take uh, many, many, many goals and many great wins and many streaks. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Jake Allen was peppered with what? Forty-five shots. Fourteen. Uh, Fourteen, 14 shots 14. in the third period. Every three and a half went in. Every three and a half shots went in. Here comes Plowsy. Go ahead, Plowsy. Give him the business. Four shots. Okay. So no really hot take, just stating the obvious that I stated over a month ago. Jake Allen's not the guy. You need to trade a Petro or a Tarasenko and look for next year and the year after that. I would think the quickest way to improve would be to get a stud goalie. That, that would make you better immediately. 
hard to trade for those dudes. Yeah. So yeah, that would be difficult. But it's still, as, as horrible as it's been, if they were to go on like a four, mm. five game winning streak, they if, go high, if they, they could do that, high? they're right. They're right in the middle of the wild card picture. I stand if we can with, just get hot, we can win this baby. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Jake wow. starts, let in a couple softies. I saw you fired out a tweet last night. Well, you shouldn't have started in the first place. Uh, but you, you have a, a kid who just got in his uh, first NHL start a shutout, and it's a back-to-back game. I think Thursday is a big question if they don't if they don't start Allen. Don't you think, honestly? I mean, I would assume Bennington would be in net, but honestly, I I, I don't know. I, I thought he'd be in net last See, night. To me, so. if you want to get your dander up, Thursday would be. Oh, my dander has been up for a while. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. And, Doug, the Blues are coming, and so is another winter storm. Yeah, well, I'm more excited about the Blues. Three in a row for the first time all year. Now just three points out of a playoff spot. With games in hand. Yes, yes. By this time, the end of the week or next week, they could be in a playoff spot. I turned around in a hurry, didn't it? It's a turnaround. It is a turnaround. And Jake looked good last night. He did. He's got one of the best road records of any goalie in the in the league. And Tarasenko has regained his He's scoring back. touch. He's back. He's back. Perron is hot. Yeah. Outshot him by a considerable margin. Won the faceoff battle by a considerable margin. I mean, this team, if we can just get hot, we can win this baby been saying that and i think i think it's happening right in front of our faces plowhawk i feel like you're being held accountable but one of the things it's kind of a tiger board trait team wins and then uh, a handful of people then look for somebody who is critical yeah i found it a little odd seeing as they're still out of a playoff spot currently and people were bashing me about listening to tarasenko trade because his value is at its lowest point and now when his value is increasing, they're bashing me about wanting to trade Tarasenko. I'm not saying I wanted to trade Tarasenko. I said they should listen to offers. So I think people take what I say and then jump it a little bit. And I think it's a little early to say that I was wrong or somebody else was right. Mm. And at the time I said it, it was three weeks ago. He had 11 goals and was a minus 15 and the Blues were almost out. You know, So it's not crazy. It's not a terrible take to think that you know maybe trading a Tarasenko type to shake it up would be a good idea. What so. if I were to say something along the lines of where are all the Tarasenko haters now? <laughs> where are they now? I love I it. Know. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Where are the Tarasenko haters now? Yeah, and Jordan Bennington. I knew he was going to be this good. I had him scouted as a kid. Well, you did. When I, watched him in, you? I watched him in Bantam, <laughs> and I could tell right then that, that that he could stack the pillows at this level. And you know hockey. You're a puck guy. You had oh, said gosh. what you like is his goal coverage. There's, there's certain things I like about him, uh, principally his goal coverage. That's the main thing about this fellow, is he will cover the goal. Some goalies will come way out and leave the leave the goal open. He said not somebody, Bennington. Not Bennington. He doesn't overcommit. This is a guy that some people commit, some people don't overcommit. He is not an overcommitter. Between the not overcommitting and the goal coverage, you've got yourself quite a quite a little waffle border. And you said something about among all the junior goalies you've ever scouted, he used his blocker better. I've scouted many goalies at the junior level, particularly, and. With this fella, I would say that he's the total package between the goal coverage, not <laughs> overcommitting, and what was the last one? Use of the blocker. And his use of the blocker is really, is, <laughs> so you, you put it together, and I mean, you got a guy who can who can be a backup in this league. What do you mean a backup? Well, He, he may, should be the starter right now. He should be. I think kind of he is. 
Oh, yeah, you can't go back to Jake Allen now. It's Bennington's show. Five, a, one, and one Yeah, in his seven starts. If you want to try to make the playoffs, you don't start Jake Allen unless Bennington, you know, tanks. Or if you have a back-to-back situation, I understand. But he's your guy. You can't flip-flop and— Ride the hot hand. You got to ride Bennington out for as long as possible. Although you yeah. have a break, so that's kind of sucks where you get this nice win, but you have to, you know, take a, a certain amount of time off before you play again. But Yeah. Well, at least they seem to get turned around. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. And, uh, well, let's take a look at those standings because here we go, Jack. Here we go, Jack. The Blues are a point back of the Canucks, and I believe the Cat, they have, what do they call it, games in hand? Well, they have three against Vancouver. That's right, that's right. And two against Minnesota. And they've got at least one and mostly two games in hand on the teams right behind them. And they got Ben Sanity. Yeah, well, that's kind of when it all turned around. Seven, one, and one. That's when it all turned around. At some point, you have to at least concede that the team is a more confident bunch with Binning, Binner, Bennington, Ben Sanity, Binner. I, I think. Binner, Doug? I think they've done that. I, I think that they've made the decision. At least Baruby has that this is the guy now. They're going to go with him. It would only make sense. I mean, this is when it all got turned around for whatever reason. They just they play a lot better in front of him. And he's better than Allen. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Yeah, I'm not going to be much good to you today, not with all the excitement that this Blues Hockey Club has created. Boy, they're in that wild card spot right now. Pretty good. S- still Pretty have good. games in hand. And uh, doggone it, they're winning all these games that they had in hand. And it's uh, hashtag Winnington. Yeah. Or as I like to put it, hashtag Ben Sanity. I have ben that Sanity. trademark okay. in Hayes Enterprise. Okay. Though. Saw the stat that... Uh, in nine of the ten games he's played, he's given up two goals or less, two shutouts, one against the highest scoring team in the league. That hadn't been at shut Tampa? out at home until for, since last season. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that over the last three or four weeks he's been right there among the best goalies in the entire league. I don't know how anybody could have numbers any better than what he's put up here lately. It's really been incredible. Lousy, would you say pretty good? No, this is amazing. I I mean I was completely wrong about the trajectory of this season. Why don't they just take their dads on the road on every road trip? Well, I don't Doug, know. dads help people win. I think the dads, a lot of them probably have jobs too, and they right. can't but just take off. What they're off doing, the they're time. doing the smart thing. The next uh, road series, uh, they're bringing stepdads. Oh wow! I, I didn't will. know that. Yeah. I don't. Is think that a, is that an exclusive? Hadn't been uh, exclusive. hadn't been made public. Just, they're going to be uh, stepdads. I don't know how many of them have stepdads. They're going to probably a few anyway. They might not even be stepdads that are related to the team, but you want to keep the dad momentum going. Just another you older gentleman. Fans, there. Blues fans that are stepdads, <laughs> just to fill in if needed. Bring an older gentleman of your choice. That's A what lot of people bring. don't know. I guess some people know, but it doesn't get talked about as much anymore, that during the Oilers' run in the 1980s, they just brought a lot of older gentlemen from Alberta on road trips, and that I led to... Know. I never heard uh, that. Was no, it, Doug, true. was it three chalices? I, I just don't know that that's the case. And they all stayed in one room. They didn't, Diggy. Yep. Eight stepdads in one room. They didn't. Boy, they it didn't take us Camelot. long to get off the off the path, did it? Yeah, they stayed at Camelot. We got a hockey team just rolling, just rolling right now. And five minutes into the show, we're talking about stepdads staying at a lousy hotel in West Palm Beach. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Doug, you said nine is nice, but ten is nicer. And people have been paying attention to that. And it's ten in a row for your St. Louis Blues, Jack. Boy, it sure is. It's just unbelievable how well they've played right now. I, I just can't imagine a team could play any better. Everything they do right now is clicking. 
They get an outstanding defense. They don't give up many chances anymore. Tarasenko's playing like the superstar. The goalies, both of them, playing very well. Three shutouts in a row. It's just incredible, the turnaround. It's, it's unbelievable. It's not like they're just winning 2-1. They're winning 8-3 and 4-zip, and they're right. dominating. And then I watched this game yesterday, and they absolutely just dominate the game. They look like an entirely different team in the last two months. Now you go from monitoring whether or not they can catch a wild card, and I feel like we were doing that just two weeks ago, to they're in a really kind of comfortable spot with regard to you know their, their lead on the wild, seven points, and their lead over the Stars is four points. And- yeah, they got a shot to catch Nashville in second place. Nashville's six points ahead of them, but the Blues have three games in hand. I don't think they're going to catch Tampa for the President's Trophy, but if they win their last 24, they just might. Man, I've been saying it. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. How much of this is cause and effect, chicken and egg, whatever you want to use on Bennington coming up and getting things right in between the pipes? Well, I think that was a, a big chunk of it. And uh, Baruby must have changed something, too, with the way they're playing their defensive schemes because they just don't allow – the uh, odd man rushes like they did there for a while. It was, they were coming in waves. The goalie, Allen, was facing two-on-one, three-on-one constantly, it seemed. They were, they were giving up six, seven goals in some of these Isn't games. Isn't it like 90% Benner and then like 10% Tarasenko? Because, I mean, Benner make, Bennington makes the defense a heck of a lot better. Bo Meester and Petrandro are playing phenomenal. But they're, think, they're not giving up the quality scoring chances that they once did No, either. I agree, but I think Bennington has almost everything to do with yeah, it. He is he's, phenomenal. He's been fantastic. I wonder if he's got time to, to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. If he plays the bulk of the remaining 24 games and continues anything close to he's well, doing, if he wins I, I think like he'd have to be 10 in, or 12. Yeah, he'd have to be in the conversation, I would think. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. And Doug, 11 is nice, but 10 is nicer. No, 11 is nicer. Boy, it's, it's exciting stuff to watch, that's for sure. It's, I loved the atmosphere last night. I, I loved with like a minute left in regulation, the fans stood up and... And really, with the way the things had trended in, in the third period, you're like, oh, this, this could be where it comes to an end. At least they got a point. It seems like Toronto might might pick this thing off. And sure enough, they're on the rush, and then the Blues uh, dodge the bullet. And uh, what do you call them? You call them roars, Doug? I don't call them roars, no. I think that's what they call them. O-R-O? O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-O-R-
in Buffalo on the LA Kings. <laughs> that is a break. Yeah, you just play the best teams in the league, and the, the Blues are pretty darn good against those guys. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. It's just a lot of fun to watch this team play right now. When you take a look at the standings now, all of a sudden, they're closer to the top of the division than they are fighting for a playoff spot. No, no, and happened? they have three games in hand what, you on don't the understand that? What we just saw is voice. execution <laughs> of broadcasting at a high level. Yeah. Without, without saying anything extraneous, mm-hmm. the tone of his voice let fans know this is yeah. exciting. The Blues are coming. You don't know it, but they're near the top of the standings. Is that, that's the good. kind of thing you do. You, you don't can really, do it too. You don't really know much. They've played 13 games in 22 days. Okay, that's a grind. As Tim would say, that's a grind. Yep, okay. there it is. That's okay. it. That's it. They that's went 11, one and one over that stretch, which is pretty remarkable. Okay, I'm starting to get it now. I think I'm starting to get it. If they can just win a few more. Now they got a chance board. to now, catch Winnie and maybe Nashville now thank, also. Now. They won a big game last night. They beat Nashville. Here they come. Watch out, Winnie. Watch out, Preds. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Uh, with a minute four is when the Blues tied it. Uh, Doug Bennington, he had been pulled. And, uh, oh, here come the Blues on the attack. And off the end boards, there's Robert Thomas to tie it up with a minute four. And you, you, you were still standing up and cheering at that moment or standing up to change the channel. No, I was and asleep. The, oh. And then the next thing you know, they're, they're talking about the Blues with a huge goal. This is going to be a bad loss after being up a couple of goals, losing to a team that's fallen apart, fired their coach. And then the next thing you know, with 51.3 seconds left, oh, my <laughs> word, they've just taken the lead. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of and puck luck. they got and, a lot of puck luck. Uh, well, the, with the carom and then the, 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 Shot the, off the puck skate. off the skate. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Have the Blues scored more than seven goals in a game this year? I, I don't know. Seems like the they answer. have. I know they. I know they gave the up seven. Yes, they got eight against somebody a little while ago, didn't they? Laze Devil. Yeah, mm. they gave up seven a few times early in the year. It happens. <coughs> yeah. Rough November there. Man, they just got hammered back then. Remember how horrible they were at that point? Guys would come out and, like they were facing a firing squad to do interviews, almost in tears. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go on a fifteen and two run, eleven wins in a row. It's just a, a season like the likes of which I haven't seen from the Blues before. It's a great lesson for all of us to to literally never write any team off unless you're mathematically out of it because we all talked about should they tank for the number one overall pick and who could they trade at the deadline? Are there any deals to make this team better for next year? How could you get better? Let's kind of write this season off. And sure enough, as you said, all of a sudden they get hot. Jordan Bennington comes up. It's a different ball game, 11-game winning streak, and then... A couple months later, they're now a 99% chance to make the postseason, and there's a very good chance they make a nice long run. And this is just, what, two, three months after everybody is depressed, everybody's saying it's not worth it to even go for the playoffs. And Mm -hmm. at at one point, it wasn't. I mean, statistically, you kind of said, man, does it even make sense to to try to potentially add or get to the postseason when you have a 6% chance to make the playoffs? And they turned that around in about... What, a month and a half? If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. And it's just so exciting to see the Blues play this well and to think that they might really have a chance to make a deep run this year. They're playing so darn well. They got a red-hot goalie, 21-4-1 in his starts. This Benner or something. At, at the point of the season where they brought Bennington up, if you had gotten whoever you think is the best goaltender in the NHL, maybe— Darnell Coles! 
maybe the NHL ever. Martin Brodeur in his prime, Patrick Wan his prime. Would any of them gone twenty one four and one? I don't know. I don't know. This is a stretch that you see from. Not that Bennington's obviously way too early to put him in the class of an all star goalie, but how many of the greats have had a run like this? What do you have against Gump Worsley? Well, he didn't wear what a about mask. about Dominic Hasher? I don't know if he ever went 21 4 and 1. Uh, Questions, yes, Hayes. Roman Turek went 20 and 0. I don't think that he did. I actually think he went 30 and 1. He wouldn't even pay attention. 20 game winning streak. What about the, I just want, I have to wonder how many goalies on any team at any time have had a streak where they went 21 4 and 1. I'm sure there've been some. Let me, let me I don't ask know you this, how you could do pants. much better. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. The one and only Charles Glenn is here. We won't make you sing the anthem because you've done that a few million times, but final regular season game as the Blues anthem singer is tomorrow. Yes. Are you nostalgic? Are you, Will you be emotional? Very emotional. Very emotional. I don't know what to expect emotionally, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be pretty full. How did it start, you and the Blues, that connection? There was a, a young lady that worked for the Blues named Jill Hahn, and she called me one time and she said, look, I know you do the anthem. There's going to be a private audition for the anthem. And uh, there were about 35 people to audition. And then they asked, how many people know the Canadian anthem? Raise your hand. And so I raised my hand. Fifteen of us did. And they said, okay, everybody else can leave. So when it got to my turn to sing, the mic went out. So I kept singing. <laughs> and so they came and fixed the mic. I said, do you want me to sing the next song? And they said, no, we're good. I said, well, I blew the audition. <laughs> next thing they know, two days later, they called me, can you sing the opener? And what year was that? It was 2000. 2000. So mm -hmm. nearly two decades of doing yes. the anthem. I love the fact you don't need a mic is what they figured out, right? Uh, this guy's got such a voice. I need, need a mic, but, yeah. you know, I fooled him. Charles, it's obviously every Blues fan's dream to finally win the Stanley Cup. For you now in your last season and tomorrow the last regular season game, but have you thought about hopefully singing it maybe another, I don't know, I'm doing the math, 10, 12 times, and in your last season if this Blues team can go on a run? and finally win this thing. I want to sing till the summer. I really do. This team is really hot right now, and uh, they are on a roll. I mean, even when we played Chicago, we showed them something. We got a point out of it. So I think we're on a roll. I'd like to sing till the summer. I want a ring. I want a ring. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Ziggy, hey, what will you watch, uh, Game of Thrones or Blues Game 3? Well, I haven't seen a second of blues hockey all year, so that's... <laughs> what? Oh, God, here comes... Not one guy. second? The Game you of Thrones, obviously. You haven't watched any blues hockey all year? Hardly any of them. Why? I don't know. I'm usually in bed. At 7 o'clock. <laughs> 7 o'clock you go to bed. Just not a hockey fan? No, I'm not. I mean, I fruit for the blues, yeah, but... It's I, I've said it's weird because as a kid I knew everything about hockey and then as I got older I just eh, lost not your a, thing lost interest. Huh. Boy, I didn't see that coming. Will you watch the playoffs? Yeah, I watch the playoffs. Okay. I've always said that. I've always said I'm just the regular season is kind of boring and once the playoffs start, yeah, you watch. No surprise that the incompetent third producer on an AM sports radio show doesn't listen to local pro sports. You suck, catcher's mitt. That's from mm. Red Buttons. Oh, sorry you had to hear that. All right, go pull the audio. Ask, ask Swope to pull audio of all the shows this year where I actually talked hockey. Doug, could you ask Buck Swope to do that? You this? will hear me zero times because I'm not going to chime in on something I'm not paying attention to. You have to look at Armstrong. You have to look at Armstrong. And you have a general manager that goes out and gets you a roster that puts you second in the league in payroll, and you're not going to make the playoffs again. You will hear me zero times. 
If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Doug, Blues hockey <clears throat> down one nothing going into the third period. And really not a whole lot to speak nope. about offensively. And oh my, here comes what they call a push. Well, it's never easy playing the curtain raiser in a winny whiteout, but... Winning ton was stacking pillows and sending scalding tweet rockets that left the Jets deeply offended by their loss in the lid lifter. Pearsy broke the seal with a second stanza basket bulger. And then Patty took a trip behind the enemy igloo and picked up a nice little apple for Bozy's Gino that went top shelf for Mama Hides a peanut butter. The other end of the pond, Benny deflected biscuits and made sure the Jets were gagged and toe-tagged. We win the first one, but you got to have four. Clearly, this team is ready to soar. This could be the year, and I don't mean maybe. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. My, 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 the hockeyisms are back for the Stanley Cup playoffs. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Doug Laura Brannigan. Yeah. I guess this is still playing in the Blues locker room when they win. What's it going to be like when song. this is playing that chalice is skating around the Enterprise Center? <laughs> doesn't it just feel, and I don't want to get caught up too much in the homerism, but doesn't it just kind of feel like it's going to happen this year? Wow. To me, it does. So many, it's been such a weird season where they started so horrible and they're ready to just trade everybody, and you get a new coach, and you get a new goalie, and it turns around 180 degrees. They hit the playoffs. Suddenly, everybody's completely healthy. Hottest team in the league right now. Hottest goalie. It just kind of feels like this might be the year. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. They did not play a good game, and they got the result they deserved. They lose 6-3. to three. They maintain a series lead. It's now cut in half 2-1. Jets were a little low on fuel when they landed on the frozen runway of the Mound City and when Pearsy. Mound City. Use that sinister twisted wrister. The winnings were reaching for the overhead oxygen mask. But in the second stanza, Hainsey and Lindsay and Conzi helped get the airmen booked on a different flight. Benner had limited visibility due to rubber biscuit fog. <laughs> Couldn't see to cancel their reservations. Jets win it 6-3. So much for the sweep. Just the thought of it probably was a bit of a leap. What loss is no reason for the note to lose sleep. I just wish Dustin Bufflin wasn't such a huge creep. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Understandably, I would imagine there are a number of people who have seen this for decades or just for the last 10 years, depending on age, going, oh, God, here we go again. Because they have had 2-0 series leads after going and winning on the road and then wind up losing the series. And now they had a 2-0 series lead and go back to Winnipeg uh, deadlocked for tomorrow night's game, which will be a 7-30 start. Ah, we'll bounce back. And if we can just get hot, we can still win this baby. Home ice hadn't been any good yet. I guess that's not even a factor anymore. Four straight wins for the visitors. I guess it doesn't even matter. Oh, I went to game three, the first one at home. I got, this is the first time I got even drunk in a very long time. And Carlos Martinez was sitting right next to it, like Caddy Corner. Oh, you had the high bottom of beer. <laughs> Did you really? With just yeah, just just stupid. And so, like the last four minutes of the game, we're down six three. You know, it was over. We see like this family, like five, leave front ice. We're like six rows off the ice. Oh wow! Right Hashtag by the Winnipeg blessed. bench. I've never sat like right on the ice, and so I wanted to experience that. You know, the building's emptying out. Down six three, four minutes left. We go down there. Mm-hmm. I'm trashed. I'm banging the glass. You know, having a good time. You know, the backup goalie smirking. Yeah. 
And then I think Shifley did something where I thought it was a penalty, and then I yelled, he has a small penis. Oh, you did? And then okay. Right the, into the bench you yelled that? Uh, no, I yelled it on the ice because Shifley was on the ice at the time, right next to where we were yeah. on glass. You have to and drop the, the usher where the, the tunnel was for Winnipeg's. Hey, Paulie, let's get this MFR out of here. Yeah. And so we— uh, You got thrown out of the got game. Got thrown out, but we just went back up to our seats to finish out the game. So it was like my first experience ever being like a belligerent, like somewhat belligerent. Drunk. Are you sorry you did it now? No, it's a bucket list item I could mark off. Yeah. Bought Carlos Penis Martinez side. a beer. He gave me, you know, a cheers and then gave me a, some dap when he was leaving. But I got a little tank, Doug. I kind of yes. have a feeling that— the Blues are not going to win another game okay, in this series. Wow, no. and wow, and wow. And I don't want to. I'm just, I'm and just, here come the bring back Lucas test. Nope. <laughs> come on, Blouse. That's why bring him on. I'm just talking about momentum and how Benning, how well Bennington played. You need to come out with a win at home when Bennington is playing that well. Winnipeg is just bigger. They're faster. I think the Blues had their chance. You take one of those two games at home, you didn't. I think the series now is Winnipeg's, and I think the Blues don't win another game. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Well, old Winnie clocked in early at the pay station before we even had time to put away our lunch pail and cinch up the laces on our steel-toed work boots. Benner was trying to redirect air traffic to another runway, but the Jets were buzzing his tower, and they fired two rubber missiles into his Manitoba manhole. But then in that tertiary mm. stanza, Riles flipped a biscuit into Bucky's bungalow, Shinner pinned the tail on a moving donkey, and Schwartzy got the game winner when he swatted a fly directly into the frog's mouth. Looked like it was going to be a horrible night until Chief changed the lines and made things all right. We win it 3-2 and lead the series by the same. All that's left now is to win one more game. I like it. Take a listen to the uh, game-winning call here on Fox Sports Midwest. Hit the lever, Plowsy. Three. Shively can't clear it. Bozak in front. They start. How about, how about Panger. Panger's whimpering? <laughs> I love that. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. I don't. I don't know. And it doesn't really pertain to winning, hockey. Just catchy music. I guess. From an era that gave us a lot of catchy music. Uh, My understanding is, this is a loose interpretation, and I can see a Banty Blues fan getting angry with getting it uh, not 100% correct. It'll be only 83% right. Correct. Uh, The boys were out, uh, and it was either... Uh, right after they had won a game when they were at the depths of their despair in late December, or they had uh, reached the depths of their despair. And uh, I don't know who it was, but somebody were at a place and somebody said, play Gloria. And uh, and then they, being superstitious as many professional athletes, especially hockey players are, became a celebratory song as they began their uh, streak. 
That's my understanding. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Well, we had a, we had a barn full of beer-bellied bluesers and their brides and their beards mm. and their boy toys mm. bivouacked in the bleachers and begging bulky bulwarks like Bozak and Bomeister and Bortuzzo and Bennington to belittle, browbeat, and bully the beleaguered Bedouins. But bust my buttons, it was Schwartzy, the little bumblebee on blades, who benefited from benevolent biscuit bounces. And he bullied the bedraggled bad boys, bloating their basket beyond the belief with three bell ringers, bingo, bango, bongo, that beat Buxy between the beams. Booyah. Schwartzy came to life. His hattie came out of the blue and won for the Blues game six, and now it's on to round two. Wow, that was really good. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Well, our ice dancers laced up their steel slippers for the recital in the series curtain raiser, the lid lifter, mm. the can opener, the seal breaker, the ribbon cutter, the cork popper. Fabsy tiptoed in on the right flank and beat Bisher five hole. Terzy did some super sniping, put a whistler through old Double D's wickets. And then he went nine of hearts, howdy doody, top shelf for Mama Hides of Peanut Butter. Benner stood on his head and spit wooden nickels, even when his tower was buzzed and he was knocked ass over tea kettle. But you touch our stacker, we will put a hot, stinky mitt right in your yapper, hoser. If we can just get hot, we can win this, baby. We take it 3-2 in game one. Tears he scored twice. Fabric had me the other. And more great tending from Bennington. Nice. All right, that's all I have. That's how I saw it. Locke, nice. were you able to watch it, or, or what were you doing? Were you watching Drew Locke? Uh, no, uh, I watched a movie, uh, A Time to Kill, I think it was what it was called. The great uh, Matthew McConaughey. You didn't yeah. watch the Blues game? <laughs> I mean... I beg your pardon? <laughs> Just answer the question, I did. sir. I watched A Time to Kill. It was a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I don't even know you anymore. Uh, played some poker on my phone and shopped. Uh, did some Walmart shopping. Got a grocery. You to went to up. Walmart instead Where's of watch the Blues Can game? Can I give the Plowhawk email that I in text of the you day? Just, that's all I have to give. A Time to Kill was a great movie. Fantastic. No, 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 Jackson. no, 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 no. Kevin Samuel not, Jackson not. stole the show. He didn't sure. have the channel, Cat. He couldn't watch. Yeah. He could go, go somewhere. Go to a watering hole. Kind of tuckered out, went to bed, and woke up early. Got all the highlights I needed, cutting some audio here this morning, and here I am. I've been disappointed in puck. you before. Absolutely, I have. On many oh, occasions. Come on, dude. If Never was... to this extent. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. My opinion so far on this, in the series is the Blues are really lucky they're not down 2-0. I just feel like they have, have been outplayed, and I'm concerned about the way that this thing is going to go. Uh, whereas with Winnipeg, even when they were down 2-0 going into the third period of, of Game 5, as you know, as I noted, I, I bet the Blues there. Now, a lot of that wasn't because I thought they were going to win, just thought it was a good, good value, but I thought that they were outplaying them, and that was the reason. In this thing, I am, I'm really concerned. Through two games, I think they're fortunate that they're not down 2-0. The fact that they haven't played well and it's 1-1, and they have played so well on the road, is what I shall hold on to, and Jordan Bennington continues to be just sick if we can just get hot we can win this baby well uh, our sod busters saddle up and moseyed on down a dusty <laughs> chisholm trail into lone star cattle country looking to skewer some scallywags shortsy was the first to put his brand on a bovine backside and tipped in a basket bulger and then bosey lingered around the campfire and slid a burger behind bisher 
Petro got up on his high horse and lassoed a lamplighter. And then the big rig wrestled a steel to the dirt, flipped a cow pie up into the chuck wagon, top shelf where Cookie hides the baked beans. The playoff ride is a long and winding trail as the blues cowpunchers try to rope the holy grail. Series could end in five or it could go six maybe. But if we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Wow and wow and wow and wow and wow and wow and wow. That was your best ever. Wow and wow. get a fist bump. I like the iambic pentameter. That was your best ever. Thank you for that. I like the use of the Holy Grail. Yeah. I like maybe baby. It's not easy to get Chisholm Trail in there. Yeah, you had to get it in, though. Yeah. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Doug, they say game six is nice, but game seven is also. It sure is. You're a wordsmith. Well, you know, our blue band of Desperados rode into that North Texas barn facing a hangman's noose. So it was imperative that our grinders take short routes to the biscuit and arrive in ill humor. The muskers, the muskers, the muckers set the table and allowed the snipers to eat the meal. When you're facing the guillotine, you got to let down your lettuce, even if the beauticians lose some chiclets. Parexi fired off a musket round that went high, wide, and handsome, nearly sent Bisher to the meat wagon. Before Stretch could get back on his stilts, Schwartzy put another pellet in a pickle barrel. Mm. To lose a series in six would have been kind of lame, but we won it in four to force a seventh game. Can we still win the cup? Well, there's a better chance than maybe. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Think about that. Big finish. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Doug, I have, I have much love for you. Um, yeah. But, Doug, the Blues should have lost because Ben Bishop was down. No. And Dallas no. Stars fans don't like calls a lot, it seems. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Game seven is nice, but winning it is nicer. <laughs> well, it sure is. <sighs> well, our band of blue brothers brought out the heavy ACAC guns to put maximum leadage on the enemy bullet blocker. Our snipers aim below the brain bucket and above the waffle board, but old Stretch Bisher used his crab-handed oven mitt and stacked his pillows sweetly enough to force additional puckage. Finally, Patty found a chink in his armor and slid a pellet into the pickle barrel for the Mm. series curtain closer. Our town is singing a happy tune, though there's no celly yet. It's still too soon. It's right back to work, probably by noon, but we're still alive thanks to Patty Maroon. Wow, wow, wow. Well done. Chris Kerber's calls phenomenal. Uh, Plowhawk, if you could. Oh, I haven't uh, heard of it. Yeah, this is outstanding. Take a listen from oh, Ken Zuccarello in the first. Those are the goal scorers. Blues have the puck. Thomas off the wall. Shoots, and it's in. It's they good. score. It's the St. Louisan. Pat Maroon. Bring out the Zamboni. Pat Maroon just put the city on his shoulders, and he sends him to the conference finals. A 2-1 win in double overtime over the Dallas Stars. Was that glorious starting to play already? <laughs> right away. <laughs> and in the plowhawk, I guess you cut it off right before he said, and they're going wild in the mound shitty. I don't think he would have said that. I'm going to say right. I, I would be disappointed, but I did not catch that. I don't I think, think I, that's I think a cover I, style. I think I, I think I heard it. It might have been. Uh, I heard it. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> uh. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. We're really on a run now. Running for the standing cup, yeah. I don't think this is going to play well, Plowhawk. 
I can't hear. I keep talking. I can't hear him. Everything goes right now. We just want game seven. This song sucks, but <laughs> you know we're in the mood, so everybody should like it. Like, you were gonna own it. We've got a secret weapon. Bennington is in the net. Alex P is in our head. Calling Gloria. the background singer it's like the pit <laughs> I figured you would come back with Gloria. I thought it would be Laura Branigan. Maybe even the Italian guy. The original. Oh, you kind of spoiled the 9 o'clock guy. Regular version played out. This is about that. Oh, Why in the world fail. would you play that? That's from the 314. Well, I, liked, I liked it. I, I wasn't crazy about the background singers. Yeah. You don't like the background singers? No, but I thought they could They're like children. Have you yeah, seen the video? Kids. They're like children. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold them accountable, they, though, if you didn't, they didn't like it. They didn't sound like very good singers. I thought it was just kind of adults that weren't really into it very much. Yeah, but they're kids. I guess it's excusable. But I appreciate the effort if someone tries to make a song like If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Do you see the Plowhawk, who once again last night, along with Iggy, was uh, was not positive on the outcome, and just like that, that's right when the Blues turn around. Plowhawk, I'm I'm starting to wonder if you're playing the meta game. It was not. I I would have to check the time frame. It felt like not but five minutes, ten minutes total time after I tweeted out that that could be the series, and I didn't say it was, but it did feel like with that shorthand to go, and then a minute and a half after that, that power play felt like a penalty kill. Felt like that one kind of the series turner. And, of course, my negativity brings out the best in our note. Do you think they go tell the players during the game about your tweets? I oh, they, I mean, all I the Blues that. follow me, certainly. They're, yeah. They follow it very closely. Yeah. I don't know. Just, me, Barubi's demeanor change a little. <laughs> it just always seems to work out that way. It's so weird, so I'll keep doing it. And it was a great win. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Old Sharky used an illegal flip of the fin to set up Carlsy for the curtain closer. Every bluesier in the building could see that that net Nestler should have been negated, but none of the four blind mice could get an eyeball on the indiscretion. Be nice if the Canadian Mounties could take a second peek at the pictures, but that's not in the biscuit-bashing bylaws. Thanks, Bettman. The fix is in, fellas. The Sharks keep getting breaks. That's how they won their first two series, for heaven's sakes. We're down now 2-1 to one and should probably go to Mass and pray the series difference isn't that illegal pass relative to sports it's a travesty that something like that when people invest as emotionally as they do in games that something like that determines the outcome and it's brutal there's 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 no way around it let's hear what uh, a number of people had to say about it i tip my cap not that it was like some woodward and bernstein moment but good for jim thomas for following up and, and i get what craig Bruby was doing i would imagine he walked in there and you might see it eventually on the that behind-the-scenes show that uh, the NHL has on the playoffs, him, I would imagine he walked into the room, everybody's pissed off, and he said, listen, here's how we're going to handle this. We're going to, you know, express our disappointment, but we're not going to spend all, because we're going to get asked about it, we're not going to spend all day talking about it. So he's obviously asked about it. 
Uh, here is his uh, response. It's an interaction with Jim Thomas, the Post-Dispatch. Hit the lever, Plowsy. Do you think that was a hand pass, and did you get any explanation? No explanation. Did you think it was a hand pass? Well, what do you guys think? Yes. Okay. Then don't ask me. <laughs> no reason to ask me. Well, we want to hear what you have to say. Nothing. I don't have nothing to say about it. Got to move on. Like, the team's got to move on. We all got to move on from it and, and get ready for game four. Really, that's all he can do. I mean, um, you know, we played a solid hockey game, but we are, we're on the losing side of it. And there's nothing we can do about what happened. We're just going to move on. I love what Berube did there, and I love what Jim Thomas did there. Because I think for a lot of reporters, once he said, they don't ask about it, it would have stopped. And then somebody goes, so... Talk about the play of Joe Thornton tonight, where he happened to be in the exact right place when a loose puck and an empty net were there for him, and now we're mm. going to get on our knees and orally service him for the next half hour. Yeah. Uh, there's Eric Carlson, and here is what he had to say about the uh, about the game-winning goal and whether or not it was a hand. Hit the lead for Plowsy. Well, we weren't playing handball, were we? So we're playing hockey. I think, uh, you know, we deserve to win this game. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think that uh, neither team, you know, uh, drew the shortest stick on uh, any of the calls out there. So uh, it's a fair game. Hmm. Oh, well. A little smug. I just, I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm sure these guys are so effing pissed off. And you have a coach who's also, I mean, he was grinding his teeth last night to not lose his mind i just think they are going to come out i think i you know god help a few of these guys on sand especially carlson and the smug let's play it again because it pisses me off uh here's eric carlson when i asked him whether it has a hand pass well, we weren't playing handball were we so we're playing hockey i think uh you know we deserve to win this game and uh, at the end of the day uh i think that uh, neither team you know uh, drew the shortest stick on uh any other calls out there, so uh, it's a fair game. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. The St. Louis Blues have been around since 1967 and 68, mm-hmm. and they have never won 11 games in a postseason no. until yesterday no. in San Jose. <laughs> well said. I would say it like this. Oh, Admiral Barubi and his sailors went fishing for Great White along the coast of northern Cali. Before the boat was barely wet, Jaws took a run at Benner. But missed with his bite and clanked off the anchor. Schwartz, he dropped some stink bait into the drink, had the magic touch with his rod and reel, and hauled the three dorsal fins onto the poop deck. Sunzi and Terzi also caught keepers. We bagged our limit, left some entrails for the seagulls, and dined on shark bites on our voyage back to the marina. We take it 5 nothing. It's amazing what we're doing. With one more win, we'll start hunting Boston Bruin. Wow. 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 Wow, wow. That's how wow. I saw it. Wow, wow. I don't know what you guys were watching. You know, the, the Blues have had some meltdowns in their playoff series in the past where at the end you just saw it all unravel, and I think that's exactly what we saw from San Jose yesterday. Guys are getting hurt, dragging off. Guys are getting frustrated, starting fights they shouldn't start. I thought going into cool. the game, the biggest factor was Eric Carlson. Agreed, and he shouldn't have been out there. We were talking about in the fan pin before the game, and I said this is the thing that I, you know, keeping an eye on because he couldn't skate in the third period of game four. My guess is he's going to want to be out there. Understandably, he's probably going to tell Pete DeBoer that he can go. Don't know what the medical staff's going to say, but he goes out there and if he's not right, then they're playing with 5d unless they dress seven, which he was asked about after the game, whether or not he thought he should have done that. And Carlson goes out there, he dresses, they say he's healthy, 
And clearly he's not, and it was actually his giveaway that led to the Blues' first goal. By the way, we're not playing handball out there, and it was a fair game. No. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. <laughs> yeah, we've been up Hell. all night. Look at that white on my nose. <laughs> just make up a rhyme real quick. Our tradesman had a construction project to try to finish before deadline, so the the muckers and the grinders and the painters and the and the plumbers clocked in early. They leased up the steel-toed work boots and put on the hard hats and packed a lunch pail and uh, with their tool belt they built an early two-goal lead thanks to Finnish carpenters, Terzi and Perzi. Brick wall binner kept a flood of illegal rubber biscuits from crossing the border. So now it's on to the final. It's our greatest season, maybe. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. God, you pulled it together. God, you pulled it together. Pull it together, boy. 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 I didn't have Just much. off the top of your head there? I didn't have much. Pull it together, boy. Pull it together. For so many people, last night has been 49 years coming. And then for so many others, it's been something that, you know, they might be in their 20s or 30s or 40s, and they weren't around in 1970. But there have been so many near misses. From 1980 through 2004, every single April or May, they had their hearts ripped out. And from 2012 through today, uh, minus uh, last season, they were there. And oftentimes, more often than not, the losses were not like what you had in 2009 against Vancouver. You just kind of got swept out. There were signature heartbreaking moments, even in series when they would lose in six, that they would be up to nothing. Or they'd be tied at two with the Blackhawks in St. Louis and lose in overtime. Or John Casey and Steve Eiserman, you know, take your pick over the Doug, Doug still thinks Roman Turk's not watching Owen Nolan. Pay attention, it's, Roman. They're shooting from the, the, the red line. You got to watch. You would just think he'd be paying attention. I mean, there's only one job to do when you're I in know. goal. You can't be, there weren't even iPhones there to start playing Candy Crush. And so every year it went on. Every year you would have your heart ripped out. But when Brett Hull was talking last night, uh, following the game with Darren Pang, you know, he said, If you look back on the history, there's five or six people that if we are lucky enough to, to hoist that cup, you, you, you got to think of Bobby Plager, who's still alive, and Dan Kelly, Ron Caron, Doug Wickenheiser, and Barkley Plager. And, I mean, those guys are the epitome of this franchise. And um, it's really a special place. And I I said it, the, the players, you know, bully for them, awesome for them. They, they did it, and they played, and they won. But those people up there for 49 years, well, yeah, 49 years, but even longer. It's like 51 now, right? Uh, they've been the backbone of this franchise, and they've supported this team through thick and thin. Brett Hall, recognizing in the moment, this moment of, of glory for this organization about, uh, the, I mean, that's the thing, the, the, the fans who have lived for this, to see this opportunity, and it couldn't be better that it's Boston. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Well, the old S.S. Stillman floated into Boston Harbor looking to upset some apple carts and maybe toss some of Lord Stanley's tea overboard onto the frozen pond before Paul Revere could uh, even alert the townsfolk of the invaders' intentions. Shinner put one top shelf where Mama hides a peanut butter, and then Vladdy went upper corner where the toothless Hoosiers roost. But then the Minutemen took up arms and stopped the blue invasion. Old Cliffy and 
Mackie and Carly and Murchie all fired well-aimed musket balls into our backside and then lit lanterns to signify the successful defense of the colonist home ice. We wounded Charlie's wrist and made the rear guard bleed, but the worst thing in hockey is that dreaded two-goal lead. We lose it 4-2, but don't forget that maybe. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Our big old, big-bodied, bulky bullies battered the baby bears badly along the bench and the boards and the blue line. Even old Grizzly had to be helped off to sick bay after he woke up on Queer Street. <laughs> Borchies is a, a bully, but he's also got saucy mitts. And Rasky couldn't get a waffle board on his sinister, twisted wrister. Schwartzy colluded with a Russian to fix the score at Deuce Deuce when Terzi flipped a backhander past Tuxi's toot sleeve. Dunner may be day-to-day, but Gunner came to play. His colossal clapper plopped a Swedish meatball into the crock pot. And the note had tasted a W for the first time after 13 finals flops. We win it 3-2. to two. The series is even, and now to St. Louis they go. In the Stanley Cup Finals, nobody beats the Blues 14 in a row. Wow, wow, wow. My goodness. Wow, wow, wow. This well, place is now up for snatch grabs. Well, that's all I can think of. I, I can't imagine a more intense sporting event than that. I guess it'll get more intense as the series goes on. Yep. But you just there just is no better sport than playoff hockey like that. Couldn't every every second is just you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Every se- You have no clue what's going to happen, and it's, you can't beat it for excitement. I agree with that. Like once the second period rolls around and it's a 2-2 game, it's constant in every play. It's constant. Um, and we have so much from it. Plowhawk, you have the call of Chris Kerber. Uh, Plowhawk is back at the world headquarters in Kirkwood. This is how it sounded for those listening on the radio or for those watching on TV and then choosing to listen on the radio, as some St. Louisans have elected to do, with Chris Kerber calling Carl Gunnarsson's game winner. Hit the lever, play. Late penalty against Boston. Gunnarsson to O'Reilly. To Gunnarsson. He scores! Boom, boom, Gunnarsson! Bring out the Zamboni! The Blues win game two! Three to two the final! They're coming home tied at one. Kakaboo-hoo, Carl Cutterson. They pull the goalie at the delay call. Alexander Steen, he drives the net and draws the call. There's six bodies out there. You always know it's going to be a hero like Boo Boo, a defensive defenseman. Out there, a little give and go with Ryan O'Reilly. O'Reilly goes back to Boom Boom, sets it up right in his wheelhouse for the one-timer. There's traffic, there's a screen, and it goes over the blocker of Tukarask. And we're coming back to St. Louis with a big old split. Joey Broadcaster. <laughs> Joey Vitale. Yeah, they were, they were, the nickname Boom Boom is because his slap shot is not necessarily considered to be Al McKinnis-like. Oh. Um, and Boom Boom almost won it. Late in regulation, he went off the post. Yep. A variety of uh, layers to this story. Number one, and I think most importantly, Pollock, I know you sent over a bunch of audio, but I don't recall if I saw what's known as the pisser address. Uh, uh, yeah, actually have uh, Baruby in the locker room explaining that to the team. Yeah, Doug, you got to hear this. Okay. A quick story here after the... Uh, regulation, I'm in there taking a piss after when you guys were uh, talking to you guys to go in there and take a leak. Gunny comes up, oh. sitting beside me having a leak. All I need is one more chance. 
one more. Fantastic. So, uh, it wasn't the media laughing there. That no, was, that, 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 was, that was exclusive yeah. audio. Calvin May was still outside. <laughs> so uh, what winds up happening is after regulation, the boys go back in the uh, locker room, and uh, Craig Berube is over there with Carl Gunnarsson, and they're in the Little Wizards room. And I bet there's two urinals, wonderful urinals. <laughs> we don't need all that. What if they got the ice cakes? I, I, yeah, I don't need ice cakes. So at, uh, at the garden. And, uh, and Berube sees Gunnarsson. And uh, says, you know, all I need is one more chance from you. And he gets his chance and he delivers. And so Baruby, in passing, told the boys, uh, hey, I saw Gunnarsson at the pisser. <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> told him to get it done for us. The quote from Jeremy Rutherford is, Baruby tells everyone he saw Gunnarsson, quote, at the pisser <laughs> and told him he was going to win the He's known as the pisser goal. <laughs> the pisser address. <laughs> Mm. And that now will live oh. forever in blues history and be an answer when, when our grandchildren are hosting this radio program at Hot Shots in, <laughs> what will it be, 43 years, I think, yeah. as to what happened in between regulation and overtime that led to the blues' first ever Stanley Cup final win. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby! I'll tell you this much, our bluesers had never tasted finals back bacon butchered in their own barn, so Riles... Slipped on his overalls and packed his lunch pail and clocked in early. And before the rooster even crowed, he tucked an egg into the hen's nest. Vladdy hired on as an additional ranch hen and flipped a meadow muffin into the Bruins' feed trough. Then Riles went back for a second sip from the scoring spigot. And Shinner pitchforked a clinching cow pie into the open hayloft. Charzy couldn't help his baby Bruins. He was spitting chiclets riding pine pony. Benner got back up on his tractor after falling into the septic tank in Game 3. After chores, Gloria called the boys in. Supper was served due to the 4-2 win. The series is now tied, and you can look it up. We're just <coughs> two wins away from our first Stanley Cup. Wow, wow, wow. Nice. The three minutes or so in which the Blues, 5-on-5, five five, had the puck in the Boston zone and were just dominating as the crowd rose to a crescendo yeah. was some of my favorite sports fandom of my life. And and in a way, the penalty against Tarasenko was anticlimactic. But I did not expect it to then, moments later, after a commercial break, which I think is material because it gave Boston a break, mm-hmm. lead to Boston with the equalizing shorthanded goal. Shorthanded. That was reminiscent of Josh Hamilton's home run in Game 6 of the 2011 World Series following David Freeze's triple in the bottom of the ninth. Mm-hmm. It had taken you from a great high to an immediate, oh my God, this is over low. But alas, Doug. No, it wasn't over at all, was it? Roars in the third period, right place, right time off Alex Petrangelo, who had a hell of a game, damn near a half hour of ice time, and including pulling down his... Uh, best man, David Backus, when he was going to attempt to do some backdoor activity, and not the good kind, oh, on Jordan Bennington and the Blues get that 3-2. In. And then on top of it, they get the empty netter to clinch it yeah. when empty netters had been oh so difficult. What did in they hold? In the San Jose series. The Bruins, who were in desperation mode, they held them to, what, one, one shot, shot over the final 10 minutes and change? I mean, that's remarkable. How do you do, Jack? Oh, well, I'm fine, thanks. Bruins are starting to get beat up a little bit. If I'm Zdeno Charo at age 42, having already taken a 90-mile-an-hour slap shot off the wrist and now a puck right in the chiclets, 
You've got to be wondering, do I really need this still? If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. They are going yeah. wild in the Mound City. Yeah. Why do you say it like you don't care? Well, I do care. Yeah, they are going wild in the Mound City. They are absolutely going wild in the Mound City. Some game. Oh, Captain Charzy able to answer the bell despite his mandible mishap. He wore a flapper over his yapper to preserve his diminishing chiclets. Sansy picked up a juicy apple. He went through the wickets, tape to tape to Riles, who was able to ladle a sausage patty into Tooksy's crock pot. Benner stood on his head and spit enough wooden nickels to be able to afford to pay the zebras to ignore any future indiscretions. Bosey took some liberties with his twig work on Ace's steel slippers. Here's your slew foot, fella. Knocked him ass over tea kettle, allowing Pearsy to buzz the tower and slide one in the side door where the mailman leaves in such a toot when Papa comes home early from work. We win at 2-1, and in the series, we're one game up. If we can get Gloria to sing one more time, we'll have our first Stanley Cup. Wow, and wow, and wow. Mm -hmm. The focal point in St. Louis, the win. The focal point almost anywhere else in the NHL, certainly on the front page of Boston.com, is the missed call. Tyler Bozak's uh, Slewfoot, mm-hmm. the front page of Boston.com, quote, embarrassing. Players and coaches had plenty to say about the controversial non-call in Game 5. Uh, then the headline in St. Louis, uh, I don't know if I really like this, but to each their own, because uh, I don't think St. Louis fans would have liked it if there would have been some kind of hand pass play following oh, game three. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, you don't like it, Jenny? No. What'd they say? What a trip. Blues on the brink of winning franchise's first Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, don't get ahead of yourself there. Uh, that could come back to haunt you. No, the what a trip. Yeah. yeah I, 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 don't, uh, I don't know that that's needed. Hey, we had something happen to us. Yeah. They had something happen to them. Now, who's they? The Boston Bruins. And you're referring to the hand pass, I gather? Yes, the hand pass that happened to us. And mm-hmm. whether it was or it wasn't a trip, it didn't get called. And Todd Worrell had his foot on the bag. I mean, the guy's out. And that's, what, the second out in the ninth inning? Yeah. And, and there were five downs. Yeah. <laughs> there was that, too. It's nice to be on the receiving end of that just that's one happens. time. Yeah. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Cam, tell me about the emotions flowing through your veins right now. Oh, my God. It's uh, it's awesome. I mean, and it really is. And, and look, that was a dirty road win. And I heard you earlier, Timmy, and you're talking about, God, I just wish that trip didn't happen. I just, you know, it's just a different feel. So what that that <laughs> trip happened? Who cares? We got a break. We got a break. Okay, good. You know what's going to happen next game? Boston's probably going to get two of those. Hell, they got a couple of them earlier in the game. Who cares about that trip? Bozak probably should have went to the box. Yeah, probably, probably. You know, you know what he was doing there. People were asking me, "Well, did Bozy try to do? Was he try? No, 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 no. He went up to him because he thought he was going to uh, kick it back down low and try to go outside, uh, go go through the weak side for the breakout. And he decides to, just to chip it off the glass, and he gets tripped up because he wanted to put a stick there. I mean, that happens five, six, seven, eight times throughout the game. It just sucked because we shoved it in their face. Ryan O'Reilly made an awesome play to keep it a buck alive. Then he kicks it to Perry. Perry holds on to it, tries to pass the Bozy, gets it back, tries to pass again, and the puck goes in. So what about the trip? If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. 
They were going wild in the mound city. Nice. Bluesers stacked up like cordwood, ready for a cup-capturing coronation. But the party pooped out pathetically. Began to fizzle when Shinner rammed Nordsey's birdcage into the planks. And then Riles pitchforked a meadow muffin into the hayloft, and we found ourselves two ranch hands shy of a quorum. Marchy one-timed a basket bulger into the side door of Benner, where the mailman leaves in such a toot when Papa comes home early from work. Riles was able to slide one under Tooksy's baseboard, where Uncle Harley buried that drifter fellow. But late in the evening, the Double Bs visited the red light district on four occasions. Carlsy, Coolsy, Patsy, and Charzy all tingled twine. We had our chance to win the cup. Everyone was ready and all fired up. Looked like a night made in blue heaven, but we lost 5-1. Now it's on to game seven. Mm. I think it is the most disappointing sporting event I've attended in my life. It really was never in doubt, even though it was a one-goal game heading into the third period. It didn't really feel that way. And even if you did have some form of optimism based on what you had seen over the first 40 minutes, it went away about two and a half minutes in when you had, it wasn't pay attention Roman, but it was comparable in the sense that it was a goal from way downtown that sucked the life out of the building mm. in the second goal uh, for the Boston Bruins that knuckled on Jordan Bennington. And at that point, you know, even though it was only 2 nothing, you're just like, this is not going to happen. I guess the closest disappointment I could come up with was that uh, Rams Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. Again, you felt like it was going to happen for the Rams. You just kind of expected them to win. I think a lot of people just kind of expected the Blues to win last night, thought it was right there for them. And, Everything had set up perfectly to win it on the home ice. And then to to just not play your best game at all is really disappointing. With that said, I think they're going to win on Wednesday night. So I'll throw that out there and hate on me because I'm sure the hate will be coming from all directions because people will just be so damn banty if they lose, and understandably so. But that's my feeling. I do with it what you want. Um, and I realize it sounds like an impossible task right now after you think it's all set up for the win last night. But that's how I feel. Um, if anything, for whatever reason, when these guys play a terrible game, they wind up playing a great one the next game. If we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Doug, hmm. come here. The demons have been exercised. Put your head on my chest. No. The boys are back in St. Louis with the chalice. Never thought I'd see it. Never thought I'd see it. Ever since old Laclede and Schutze started this old fur trading post, no trapper has ever been able to ensnare the elusive chalice, but now our band of bluesers has bagged the bounty. Double B's put a lot of rubber on our igloo in that initial stanza, but Benner stacked his pillows sweetly. He waved his waffle board wonderfully. He stood on his head and whistled Dixie and snatched red-hot rivets with his crab-handed biscuit blocker to keep the whiny toddlers off the tote port. Rilesy, old Rilesy, used saucy twig work to bend Bosey's blast into a biscuit blaster. Bulger. Petro went top cookies. Hey, thanks for the apples, Schwartzy. Shinner tingled twine, and Sansy flipped a wafer into the collection plate. Our road warriors arrived in Beantown in ill humor, cut the heart out of the bear, and left him whimpering right there on his home pond. We knew if we could just get hot, we could win this baby, and hot we got, and I don't mean maybe. This is a height that has never been reached, and now you can look it up. The St. Louis Blues have finally done it. They've won the Stanley Cup. Wow and wow and wow. 
Wow and wow and wow. Never thought I'd see it. Never did. This has to do with Laclede and Shono? Yep. Since they started this old fur trading post, no trapper has ever ensnared the elusive chalice. Nice. Alex Petrangelo hoisting the chalice, Doug. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> that's the moment that got me. That's the moment. Yeah, that's the moment where I had tears in my eyes. Not bawling, not weeping, not trembling. But when I saw Alex Petrangelo lift the cup and that blue note sweater has the chalice in its possession, oh my. Other moments standing out, Bobby Plager getting a chance to lift the Stanley Cup. Uh, Layla Anderson, with the help of Colton Pareko, mm-hmm. lifting the Stanley Cup from about 17-minute mark to about the three-minute mark. It was absolute Boston domination. But then it was more so Jordan Binnington response and counterpunches and the death blow that was Ryan O'Reilly's deflection plus Tugaras. That had to make them go, oh, my God. We just gave them everything we could possibly give them, and we didn't break through. And then they just came down here and scored, and they were stunned. And then Petrangelo. That's oh, the one that killed him. Oh, my yeah. God. At that point, with seven seconds left, you get a goal right. with the last few seconds of the period. You've dominated the period. And you dominated the period, and you have that happen, a defenseman put on that Sega Genesis move. <laughs> oh, my word. And then go back in the locker room and think about it for about 15 yeah. minutes, well, how you just played and you came back down to nothing. Man, I've been waiting to say this. Ladies and gentlemen, celebrating the St. Louis Blues' first-ever Stanley Cup, we are joined by Kelly Chase. Chaser, good morning, sir. You know, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. I, I mean, it's just, just to see how excited the city was, how excited they are, the people that are, you know, still out there partying, and yet the people that are so happy for, for the players. I mean, I think I have 182 text messages still on my phone. I've probably gone through a couple hundred. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's just, it's just honestly, I can't say enough about how happy I am for the city. And, you know, I talked to the guys tonight. It was just or this morning or whenever the hell I was with them. It was just like, it was just like, you know, they're just saying it's so hard to win, but we just figured out a way that we were effective. And when we knew we were in that mode, we just got them. And it was just, it was re- repetition. And uh, it was so fun to watch. I mean. Chaser, I got to think when time clears a little bit, folks are going to realize how important Craig Berube was to this overall thing. The way they change sometimes game to game in the playoffs obviously the change in the way the season went i don't want this guy to get shorted because clearly he had a gigantic impact i think after game seven against dallas and i said uh st louis has officially let go of the joel quendell era you know and i i kept saying you know hail to the chief or whatever but i but honestly he is such a big part of their success he's so Matter of fact, so straight line, black and white. The expectations he gets is one thing out of the guys. The second thing that's most impressive is his ability to be direct, almost kick somebody in the ass, but still keep them in line. You know, but like, hey, I'm rubbing your back at the same time. Uh, Here is Chris Kerber's call of last night's Blues Stanley Cup winner. Hit the lever, Plows. They did it! It's over! The game is over! The series is over! The wait is over! And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history! That's a great call. You have 
one chance to execute something that will take five to ten seconds but will be played forever. And Chris Kerber did it. And he joins us right now here on the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Kerbs, congratulations, sir. Thank you, guys. Uh, what an amazing finish for this hockey team and, and a special moment for every one of those guys on that ice. What was uh, the plane flight home like? plane flight was, was really kind of awesome. It, was, uh, it, it winds up being, I guess, uh, a much more personal experience because for two and a half hours on a flight like that, that uh, there's no family, there's no you know extra photographers, there's no interviews. It's just the players and the cup, and you're watching them enjoy it, experience it, and uh, and and it was it was really kind of a, a calming uh, two and a half hours. It was awesome. You know the you you know the history of of the St. Louis Blues for years and years, Chris. We've been prepared for the worst along the way. We had the we, we had the disappointment of Game Six, but I still felt like a lot of Blues fans just said, "You know what? This is different. Look at what they've done since January. Look at what they've done on the road." And it wasn't that feeling of, "Oh, here we go again." I I think a lot of people said, "Why can't we do it?" And damn it, they went out and did it last night, Curbs. And Jordan Bennington was just unbelievable. Maybe. Look, if it wasn't the best goaltending performance in a Game 7 clinching scenario for the Stanley Cup final, and I may not have the complete historical perspective to make that claim, it's got to be top two or three. I mean, let's face it, there's only been 17 of those games, and that performance by Jordan Bennington was just unbelievable, and he gave his his team a chance to do it. When they had that 2 nothing lead, and then he makes that save on Nordstrom with that right pad, if that goes to two to one, I think Boston's running back and tying that game. Yeah. Instead, the Blues are able to get the third goal, and, and uh, your best players were your best players. Colton Pareko was an absolute beast defensively. The captain picks up uh, what a couple of points. O'Reilly was great, and Benny. I mean, I'm telling you guys, it was it was a textbook performance by that hockey team, who eventually just basically gave Boston no hope. It was awesome. After that disappointing game six, where they really didn't play very well, were you, were you confident they could go into Boston and, and perform like they did? Well, yeah, and, and, and the reason that you were is because they've done it. Yep. I mean, they, they, they've continued to do it. Look, if you go, there's a stretch of four games uh, that, that in the regular season that really started to tell you what this team could do. They were down two to nothing going into the well one nothing going into the third period down in Florida. Gave up an early goal. It was two nothing Panthers. The Blues came back and won that game in overtime. Then they go the that very next game into Tampa and defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning one to nothing. They come home. They beat the Nashville Predators. Then go on the road and beat the Predators on the second part of the home and home back to back. At that point, you're like, okay, they they've proven in that final. Frankly, they proved in the final 40 games of the season. They could play with any team, and and they did. You wanted to hear from him, Jennings. Yep. You got him. Uh, Doug booked him, actually. Natty Nate is with us here in the Ryan Kelly morning after. Hello, Natty. been holding for 90 minutes. Hello, Natty. Natty! It, yes. It's a wonderful morning. It is. STL. It is. And I don't tell that I just was on hold for an hour and a half. <laughs> Cut that off. That's a great, great line. I could tell less because I am on cloud nine Are you? this morning. 
You believed yes, you, I am. You believed the whole way, Natty. You you thought they were going to do this from from uh, the start of the playoffs. I absolutely did. Yeah. We we have great believe he's the best coach around, you know, and Jordan Bennington, he just submitted his legacy in St. Louis last night. Oh, I think you're right about that, Natty. Nice, Doug, nice. I'm, I mean, the way he played that first period, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, he just, he's literally stood on his head. Yes, he did. Just about. Yes, he did. This was just incredible. And I do have to tell you a story. Oh, okay. We'd Gather like around, children. Knew, it's time for a story from Natty Nate. I knew I knew we were going to win this cup uh-huh, Tuesday you know. night. Tuesday? Tuesday night. Okay. Why when, is that? When the video went viral of Layla's mom telling her that she was going to Boston. A lot yep. of people said that, Natty yep. Nate. Yep. A lot of people thought that when they saw that video. That was great karma, wasn't it? I definitely knew we were going to win the cup. Yeah. And I can relate to Layla because I am 37 years old and I have spina bifida. And I I was born with a hole in my heart, with a hole in my back. And uh, I almost did not live uh, off the operating table. This is one of the best moments of my life. Well, and I will never forget it. You got it, Natty. Love you, brother. That's amazing. That's amazing, Natty Nate. That is very powerful. I think a lot of people are moved by your words, sir, and how you can relate to so much of what has taken place for Layla and you sharing your story. I am very, very happy to hear you say that, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. And let's go blues. There he is. There he is. Doug's Natty Makeup Champion. Uh, Fish was playing a concert uh, in downtown St. Louis, and I don't believe this is usually part of their set list, although I'm not really sure there's much of a set list at a Fish concert. And they played Gloria last night when the Blues won. Let's take a listen, Doug. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. You think that'll be the blues song now forever? I think you compartmentalize it and leave it with the 19 team. That's I, where I, I think you go. I think next year when they win, I think we're going to hear it again. Yes, yeah, Steve. Uh, hello, doggy. Okay, what is it? <laughs> I have been drunk and high for two months <laughs> watching this team. After game four... I went ass over tea kettle on a scooter behind Maggie O'Brien's on my way home. I recovered from that. I fought through all that adversity to win this cup. You didn't fight through a lot of it. You didn't fight through anything. You got drunk and you stumbled on the scooter. You try to function daily while you're still drunk and high from the night before. It's not easy. I tried for a couple years. It ain't easy. Why are you doing that to yourself? Because it's for the cup. Doug? Okay, it's not for the cup. What is wrong with you? It's not nice. for the cup. 
That's a, that's what we want, Doug. We want the cup. Well, we you, want the cup. Uh, We're still here, buddy. I am going to get drunk and high all the way through Saturday. Why? Sunday, Father's Day. My wife is going to take care of me in the morning with her mouth. <laughs> what? Be great. And, uh, <laughs> what? I love it. And, and you Sam, can do all this drunkenness yeah. and, and getting high Oof. because you have a job where you just uh, appraise houses. You get the, the comps of the, uh, the whatever the house sold for across the street. You say that's what your house is worth. And then you shut it down and you drink all day. Mm. Doug, Doug, you're suspended two days. Back. You don't have that power. I love it. I'm pulling out the solder appraisal, leather-bound lobule, putting your name in, Doug Vaughn. Two days' time, and you owe me your ass. Oh Put him God. down. Put him down. <sighs> this guy, Stephen Wildwood, got himself suspended. He got himself suspended with a raucous phone call that'll cost him a period of two days' time in the Hot Shots suspension log. You, wow. Uh, Doug, you wanted to hear from Andrew from, and it just says Andrew from B. Okay. But I'm sure there's another word. I just can't see it. Yeah, Andrew. Hello, Andy. Hey, how you doing? Oh, we're fine. All from Boston, man. I had to congratulate you guys, man. I'm happy for your fans, and I'm happy for the team. You guys played great. You deserved it. The only thing I disagree with is I think Binghamton should have been the MVP because that kid was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. You know? He truly did save Game 7. So you're a Bruins fan, Andrew? Oh yeah, big time Bruins fan. So, What's, what was know? that like? What was that like watching that first period? Because as a Blues fan, it was it was felt, feeling like it could have been three or four nothing Boston. You know? Oh yeah, we felt the same way up here. You know what I felt like? I felt like the old Bruins when they ran into Ken Dryden when they couldn't score on him back in the seventies. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was unbelievable. Yeah, that's why you know he he saved you guys in that game. I'm telling oh, you. No doubt. You know? No doubt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. How'd you get our number? How'd you pick us to call? Well, you know what? I just went online. I was heading out the door. I said, well, let me look up a sports radio. And I called you guys, and I said, well, I'll give it a quick call and see what happens. So, you know. Well, we love it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Boston certainly, Boston's certainly taken St. Louis's number here more times than uh, St. Louis has gotten Boston since 2001 in the Patriots and the, and the Swalks a couple times. Oh, yeah, I know. And I, I tell you, man. You know, I was, like, really happy for the fans out there because I just think it's great. It's, you know, because I know what it's like to, to win something like this. And, you know, I was psyched for you. So if I had to lose to a hockey team, I'm glad it was you guys. You How about know? that? How about oh, Andrew, nice. Doug? How about Andrew? Yeah. Very nice of you. You know, yeah. you did cheat yeah. to win the 2002 Super Bowl. Oh, Doug, no, don't, don't start oh, this. God. Don't start Cheating this. involved there. Don't start there. this. Don't start they this. Did pre- they did pretty good after oh, that, God. too. It was a beautiful you phone de- call, you and you now we're going to have this. You deflate footballs up that way. The Rams were already in L.A. by then. Yeah, so, yeah, and they didn't do so good for, with us here. No, and, and everybody, trust me, everybody around here was pulling for the Patriots when that was going down a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Andrew, hey, thank you so you. much for the kind sentiments, man. Yeah, good luck to you guys, and uh, I'm looking forward to next season. Thanks, All right, brother. There he is, Doug right, Andrew you, from Boston. I was, get wait, the other I was, side. I was mm-hmm. waiting for him to talk about sodomizing a co-host, and it never happened. No, it's almost a legitimate call. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan and InsideSTL.com. And we're pleased now to be joined by Doug Vaughn. Doug, what's up? Oh, not much. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. So talking about this Blues team and this this up-and-down season, thinking back early in the season, what was the absolute low point of the season? Uh, Was it when Yo getting fired, or maybe when the players got into the fight in practice, or maybe when uh, Jake Allen gave up four goals on 14 shots? 
Uh, <laughs> what was the low yeah, point? Probably all that combined. Uh, I remember a game, I don't know exactly which game it was, but Berube was already there, and the Blues had just gotten beaten badly at home. You know, they had a stretch there where they were losing 7-1 to one and 6-2 to two and just getting their doors blown in. And there was a, a post game where there was about 20, 25 media people there, and there was none of the players in the locker room there to talk. They literally had to drag them out. The CR people had to drag them out one at a time to come and say something. And one guy after the next, I mean, Braden Shin and Alex Steen, uh, both came out and said that it was a, a, a wounded group and that they were felt like they were fractured and down and feeling horrible about it. You could just see the look on their faces and the words they were using that they were had really been beaten down and didn't seem to have many answers at that point. And I, I don't think anybody could have thought back then, this is must have been late December, early January, I don't think anybody could have thought that this team had any chance at all of really turning it around and getting anything done that year because to a man, they were just really beaten down and, and didn't seem to really have a whole lot of hope of getting it straightened out at that point. Well, I think to your credit, and maybe some of it was uh, was parody, but you kept saying, if we can just get hot, we can win this baby. And you were saying it early in the season. You were saying it at the lowest point. Even when Plowsy was being negative, you were still clinging to, no, it's better to have hope. Do you remember at what point you started to actually believe that it might actually be turning around? Well, you know, they went on that tear there uh, in January and February. They went on that 11-game winning streak and about halfway through that when you looked at the standings it you could see that they were only you know a few points away from that eighth playoff spot and they had gone to Bennington at that point and uh, everyone seemed to really like Berube and the, the changes that he had brought to the team I think it was along during that winning streak where you got the sense that things really have turned around and the players are playing up to their potential now nearly all of them and the Bennington was uh, uh, had certainly given the team a, a huge lift, and Berube was, was the first coach here in the last few years to finally decide that uh, you know Allen wasn't the savior. Allen wasn't the guy that needed to be playing all the time. It was Bennington, and I, I think that's about what it was. Everything started to to fall into place. You know, the coaching change clearly had worked. The change in goaltender clearly had worked. The, the big-name players that had, had struggled to score and be productive early in the season, they were, they were all getting hot. I think that that's when it became obvious to me that they really did have a chance to at least make the playoffs. Uh, they were still a long way from uh, finishing right near the top of the division, and uh, I don't think anybody was thinking Stanley Cup at that point. But you could tell that, that it was a different team than what we'd seen earlier in the year and that they really did have a shot to get in the playoffs. I think Chris Kerber pointed it out. It was the beginning of the streak, and they went into Tampa, who were the best team in the regular season, and they shut them out. Bennington shut them out in their building, and then I think they came back and they beat Nashville back-to-back on a home-and-home. I think that was when, and then suddenly they were in like the wild-card spot at, at that point. I think that was really when people started to realize that this might actually be happening. So they ended up, you know, going on that run. They got in really comfortably, got into the playoffs, and then you decided to dust off the hockeyisms for the playoffs. Is that something that you had planned to do, or was it kind of spontaneous? No, just kind of spontaneous. I don't plan much, but it was just kind of something spontaneous. It, it had been such a nice comeback. I figured, well, I ought to, I ought to probably get the hockeyisms going again a little bit at that point. So uh, yeah, I did, I did a few of those. I don't know how they go over. 
seemed like I've done that for so many years that maybe I ought to get a new shtick. But uh, for this postseason, anyway, I brought them back. Well, I included most of them in the the supercut that's in this sode. It's a quick summary of each playoff game because, again, you know, you're trying to squeeze so much into 60 or 90 minutes of, of, of content. And there's so much to squeeze yeah. in. I mean, just in the playoffs, mm-hmm. just in the playoffs, you know, you're talking about, you know, the the ups and downs of the Winnipeg series. And, you know, you had Plowsy saying, uh, oh, they're not going to win another game. And that was when it was 2-2 against Winnipeg. And then I think, <laughs> right. I think for uh, for a lot of people that win, that game five where they were down 2-0 headed into the third period and they came back and they, they scored the three goals, they scored that one late. And they won 3-2 in Winnipeg. I think that was a moment where a lot of people started to think that maybe this year was different. Um, what other what other postseason, Probably so. What postseason moments stand out to you as, wow, I think that this might be our year? Uh, I, I guess I would go to the, the Dallas series. You know, that, that overtime game in Game 7, we're just kind of conditioned over the years to having our heart broken in series like this and in, in just in the playoffs in general. And when they survived that one, especially when Jamie Benn had that wraparound attempt that came about half an inch from going in, and then it's over. And then when the Blues came back, you know, Ben's shot obviously didn't go in. But when the Blues came back and got the goal from Maroon to win it, that's when I thought, you know, this this sure feels like the year. Things are happening. Everything is falling into place for them. They seem to be getting some breaks. Even when things go badly at times, they still have been able to overcome that. And they're just really starting to get some puck luck, and Bennington continued to play very well. And it just kind of felt like that this year was going to be the year. Did you? Didn't you feel that at all? Oh yeah, I remember watching that game. It's it's all or nothing. Either it's going to be your typical Iserman goal from the the blue line to end the series in Game Seven, and you just feel like everything's lost. Or well, they've made the Final Four for the only the fourth time in my lifetime. So. Um, yeah, I was. I I would agree that was that was a big turning point. I also think that the hand pass game, the way they reacted to that, and especially the way Barubi just kind of set the tone, and they didn't make excuses. They just came out the next game and won that next game, and really, uh, I think from that point forward, I was a believer. Once they came out and won that game four against San Jose after the hand pass, that was when I thought, yeah, I I think we've got something. Yeah. I agree because that that hand pass game could have broken some teams. I think when you literally had a game taken away from you that uh, shouldn't have been the case. But uh, yeah, they survived that in good shape. And looking back, you can see that that was a big moment. At the at the time, I think we were all still hopping mad that they, you know, they'd lost a game that way when it seemed to be so clear to everybody in the building, everybody watching TV, that a hand pass had led to the San Jose goal. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right to have gotten past that. And to have uh, actually been able to use that as another way of saying, look, doesn't matter what they throw at us, this is going to be the year that we win it all. I think that was a big moment. And then obviously, uh, game two against the Bruins, that was a fun game just because you knew they they had to win that one. If they come back to St. Louis down 2-0, it's going to be a tough way to come back. When uh, Gunnarsson was able to score that overtime goal and they they won to even the series, you know, it doesn't matter how poorly they play in the games they lose. The fact is they, they always would bounce back and they hung in there and they, they won game four and it was all set up for, they won game four and game five and it was all set up for game six. Were you, where were you for game six? Were you covering the game uh, when, when everybody was expecting to win and then it didn't happen? Uh, I was. I was there for about uh, two periods and then I had to go back to Channel 4 to do the sports that night from the studio. 
But yeah, it, it was like everything had come together perfectly, almost too perfectly for the Blues, of course. But everybody was thinking that they were going to see the cup clinching win that night, and it just get beaten as badly as they did. Then he kind of went back to, oh no, this really isn't going to happen, is it? It really is going to be another heartbreaker. That was that was a rough night for a lot of people. Yeah. And then game seven, were you working? Were you doing the news on the night of game seven when they won? Yeah, I was at uh, Channel Four with the rest of our crew up there in Boston and uh, watching it. You know, just chewing on fingernails and just a, a nervous Nelly from the opening face-off till right to the end. And that's a moment I don't think anybody in St. Louis, any sports fan, will forget. Maybe probably ever. And, you know, you've been a fan going back to the beginning. Just mm-hmm. describe what does it really mean as someone who's been watching it for this long and someone who really covers the team, you know, as closely as you do. You know, where <laughs> where did your mind go, you know, when they were skating around with the Cup? Well, I'm, I'm probably not as sentimental as, as a lot of people. I never really watch the Blues thinking that they've never won anything and I've it's always been disappointment and when is this going to end? I don't really watch that way. I'm a fan that has always thought if you can just stay in the playoff hunt for the whole season, if you can make every game meaningful over the course of the year, get to the playoffs or get real close to the playoffs, that's kind of enough for me as a fan. I think I've gotten my money's worth if a team entertains me from the start of the season to the end, I've never really looked at it and thought, well, the blues are, are just a disappointing franchise to follow. And they're just going to, you know, break your heart every year. I never really thought of it in those terms because I've always enjoyed blues hockey immensely, even in the years they didn't win, they didn't win it. So I didn't really look back and say, Oh, thank God. I've, I've been rooting for this team since the sixties. It's about time. You know, I'm, I'm happy as happy as anybody else, but I, I'd never really had that, feeling that they had been such a disappointment for the first 52 or three years, whatever it is that they had been playing. I don't know if that makes sense to a lot no, of people. No, that's a good answer. But, and I remember talking with my brother, I think it was during the Dallas series about, you know, the blues playoff performances. And it's like, they made the playoffs 42 out of 51 seasons in 51 seasons. They won on the 51st one, but they only missed the playoffs nine times. And even when, you know, you had the Norris and it was, kind of rigged for, you know, 80% of the teams to get in. Right. They were still, you were still had playoff hockey every year. You still had hope for 24 or 25 straight seasons or whatever it was. Uh, they were, they were in it every year and you just knew if they could just keep getting in one of these years, it, we would be the team that had the hot goalie or we would be the team that we would get the breaks at the pivotal moment. So yeah, even when there was a stretch where 16 out of 21 teams made it to playoffs, I'm still not sure anyone else in hockey has been in the playoffs 42 out of 51 years. Uh, maybe they have. Maybe they have, and I, I don't know who that would be, but that's a pretty darn good run. And to say that you haven't really uh, enjoyed it or the Blues haven't provided a lot of fantastic memories, you know, it would be drastically short-selling a team. They've had some of the greatest players in the history of the game have come through here and, and just haven't been able to put it together in four different series win the, the Stanley Cup, but we learned again just how tough it is, what a long road it is. What, they play 26 games? 26 games in the playoffs? That's more almost a third of another season. Yeah. It's a tough thing to do. All right, Doug. Well, I appreciate you taking time to talk on Swoops Picks. Uh, I'm sure we'll see you at the next TMA Live. Anything else you want to talk about while, while I got you on the air? <laughs> well, I don't know. Thanks for being on, Swoopsie. I'm always amazed at what a historian you are to have everything uh, 
recorded and put together and everything. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you find the time to do it, but thank you. Well, I appreciate that, Doug. All right. We'll see you later. Have a good one. Okay. See you. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan and InsideSTL.com. Swope here, reminding you that all episodes of Swope's Picks are available for download at InsideSTL.com. You can also find Swope's Picks on iTunes in the comedy section under S for Swope. Once again, I'd like to thank Doug Vaughn for joining us. Oh, get on with it, muff. Get on with it, muff. Oh, get on with it, muff. Thank you for listening to Swope's Picks. Enjoy the match. Trannies, repping trannies, repping trannies. Today, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I conducted with Frank Frangie. Repping trannies. It would dry hump by 50 whites. We'll take care of your stepdad real nice like. There's no reason to wrap the ween if you can't get anybody pregnant. He <laughs> <laughs> really shoots a fountain up in there, I'll tell you that much. You know, I haven't seen many women do that, at least not in the stag films I watch. Guys, if you want to see us rubbing butts, swipe up. Repping trannies. Every generation thinks they're the one that invented sex. My dishwasher has breasts. Where would the breasts be on a dishwasher? <laughs> Man boobs? Who is the serial killer that went to jail and got boobs? It's my brother. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> ah. Repping trannies. He saw my doorknob wobbling bar. He- Why don't you walk out there just uh, completely naked? Whoa, pleasure myself. Would you guys do that for $500? Yeah, I would get up on stage and flop it around right now for $500. Because oh. if they're horny and down to bang, you do that. DP. DP. Who's the bottom? My late wife was pissed, but Harold and I were drunk, and I thought it would be funny. Now you're woke. Shove to right. it. Do it now, boy. Okay, Show the two. camera. Show I, the I, camera. I Swallow that cream. And scene. Now you have a friend in the porn industry. <laughs> Repping trannies. Yeah, it's going to be like the Golden Girls, only it's us. I'm bisexual. I am tired. Make I believe. worry about what the Dragon Queen kind of looks like below the belt after the horse guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she's doing all right down there. Was I supposed to come? <laughs> Let's go blues. Now you'll have that in your teeth all day long.